0: Welcome everyone to today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. My name is Philip King Low. I am the owner, producer, and host, and I am an autistic adult. Thank you so very much for listening. Today's Autistic Moment is a member of the National Podcast Association. Today's Autistic Moment is always a free-to-listen-to podcast that gives autistic adults access to important information, helps us learn about our barriers, to discover the strengths and tools we already have to use for the work of self-advocacy. This first segment of today's Autistic Moment is sponsored by the Autism Society of Minnesota, Minnesota's first autism resource. For over 50 years, the Autism Society of Minnesota has been honored to support Minnesota's autism community. Visit them online at ausm.org. Please visit the new todaysautisticmoment.com to listen to this episode and all previously published shows. The transcripts for all shows going back to February 2021 are available. Transcripts for 2022 are sponsored by Minnesota Independence College and the community. At the new todaysautisticmoment.com, you will find guest bios, information about future shows, the adult autism resources links page, and more. In addition, please note that the email address has changed to moment at gmail.com. Please send all emails concerning the podcast and or any part thereof to the new email address todaysautisticmoment at gmail.com. Please follow Today's Autistic Moment on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and TikTok. Please join Today's Autistic Moment community group page on Facebook where you can talk with me and other listeners get program updates, and find new friends. Please subscribe to today's Autistic Moments YouTube channel. On Wednesday, October 19th at 2 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, I will be joined by four autistic individuals for live virtual Autistic Voices Roundtable discussions busting the myth about empathy. Contrary to what many believe, autistic people do experience empathy. Some autistics experience double empathy. Others experience empathy by spending a lot of time alone, fidgeting to help process what they are feeling. Many autistics do not express empathy physically through their body language or facial expressions. However, That does not mean that they are not experiencing any empathy. The virtual event will be live streamed on Facebook and will be recorded and made available on today's Autistic Moments YouTube channel. As part of my preparations for this episode, I did a survey poll on LinkedIn. My questions were, are you autistic and ADHD? Are you just autistic? Are you only ADHD? Out of the 48 individuals who participated, 63% said that they are both autistic and ADHD. 25% said that they are only autistic. 8% 8% said that they are only ADHD. Only 4% said that they are unsure of either. Based on the answers to the survey, I think it is fair to say that most autistics are also ADHD. On the last episode, Task Cronby and I talked about autistics with ADHD. On this installment Pete Warmby and I are going to talk about the intersection of autism and ADHD. There is a tremendous overlap with autism and ADHD. Autistics and ADHD individuals are neurodivergent. The word intersection is a good way to describe how autism and ADHD meet at the same crossroads. Autism and ADHD are more times than not working with and or against each other. As Pete and I progress through our conversation, you will hear him talk about how the two work for him. Pete will share with us how complicated autism and ADHD affects his life and how it makes his life a little easier at the same time. Pete Warmby was diagnosed as autistic at the age of 34 in 2017. At this point, he is a self-diagnosed ADHD because getting a diagnosis in England is still complicated because of COVID-19. Pete has immersed himself in working to make the world a better place for the neurodivergent community. Pete is an author, a former teacher, and father. Please stay tuned after this first commercial break to hear my conversation with Pete Warrenby. Today's Autistic Moment can be downloaded and heard on most podcast apps including Apple, Google Play, Breaker, CastBox, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible, Castro, Overcast, Player FM, Podcast Addict, Podcast Chaser. If you are looking for the transcript, go to todaysautisticmoment.com, Click on the episode you want to listen to and follow the directions to find the transcript. Thank you for listening to today's Autistic Moment. Support for today's Autistic Moment comes from Best Care Home Care Agency. Best Care offers PCA Choice, homemaking, and 245-D services throughout the metro and greater Minnesota. Visit their website, bestcaremn.com, to learn more about their services. Support comes from Minnesota Independence College and Community a life and career skills program for young adults with autism
1: and learning differences. Help a young adult take a step towards their independence and a vibrant life. Learn more at miccommunity.org.
0: Welcome back. Please join me in welcoming Pete Warnby. Pete Warnby, I have been following you on LinkedIn for quite a long time, and I've watched your posts on both Twitter and LinkedIn, and I just want to say welcome. I am so f- glad to finally have this opportunity to talk with you, so thank you for being here today.
2: Yeah, no problem at all. Thank you very much for, uh, for inviting me. Um, it's, it's a shame that I couldn't do the original date because I, I got the, uh, I got the COVID at long last, you know, I came down with that, but, um, thanks for rearranging and, uh, yeah, it's great to be here and to have a bit of a chat about, um, well, about autism
0: really, I suppose. Right. right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, well, okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Um, so, um, Uh, Today's Autistic Moment is recognizing ADHD Awareness Month. And in particular, we're talking about autistics who live with ADHD. I just uh, had my last show with Tess Crombie where we talked about autistics with ADHD and we talked about um, the differences between them. We talked about the similarities between them. We talked about executive dysfunctioning. You know, things that can be some of the barriers that can happen, uh, such as how the educational system often uh, predetermines the fate of our our careers and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So, but you and I want to talk about the intersection of autism and ADHD. Uh, And I think, boy, that's a great topic um, because of the fact that ADHD and autism are both part of the family of neurodiversity. So um, please, let's begin. What important information do autistic adults and our caregivers need to know when we speak about this intersection of autism and ADHD?
2: Proceed. Well, I, th- I think at the very core of, uh, of that intersection is, a, <laughs> is confusion. Certainly from my point of view, um, both for myself and for the people that have to, you know, deal with me, you know, speak with me or, or work with me or live with me or whatever the situation might be, because I, I've often found that um, the way that autism and ADHD interact can be very, very um, lacking in consistency um, and often lacking in uh, what I suppose what you could call um, Making sense, you know, very often I feel like my behavior result of these two kind of parts of my uh, neurology clashing um, can be quite complicated and quite confusing for, for the people around me and for myself. Um, and I think that that confusion can lead very easily to a lack of patience and to a, a lack of compassion and understanding, because it can be so inconsistent that I, I, I very often find myself dealing with people saying, well, you were fine with that last time, you know. You, you were fine with that yesterday, and now all of a sudden it's a problem, <laughs> you know. And um, you know what? What? What on earth? You know, you're 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 just moving the goalposts. You know, you're, you're 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 being contrary and you're being difficult. You know, and and that can be very hard to deal with. I think because you know, I know that I'm not doing anything on purpose. I know that I'm not, you know, trying to cause a fuss or or trying to be difficult or or you know, consciously doing things. You know in a in a contrary opposite kind of way um but when you have people criticizing you in that way you you can you can have a lot of self-doubt you know and it can really start to build a kind of sense of um oh my word you know i i I am unreliable i am i am confusing and i am difficult and it it can really fuel a kind of um self-criticism you know which obviously can spiral considerably so i i think you know the, the first thing i always try to make people aware of is that where we have this intersection of these two, as you say, quite similar, but also dramatically different neurologies, you've got to expect confusion. You've got to expect inconsistency and you've got to expect things to be possibly a little bit more complicated than you'd like them to be, I think. Um, and if, if you can go into it with that expectation, then you know things will be a little bit more straightforward and a bit easier to handle.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think I think you you're spot on about a lot of that. Um, what are some positive ways that you think that ADHD and autism intersect? I think I think
2: sometimes that that I was trying to think of a good metaphor for this, and uh, and I've I've come up short, which is unusual. I'm going to blame it on COVID and brain fog. But um, but, but one thing that does strike me is that they're a little bit like a, um, a a system that occasionally syncs up and kind of um, complements itself, and then sometimes that synchronization is lost, and they kind of you know start to fall apart and things start to go wrong and 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 sometimes as i say there's a positive loop and sometimes there's a negative loop and it just kind of depends on the situation but some of the positive loops that i i've encountered of this intersection um are to do with um focus and attentiveness Mm -hmm. which is where Obviously, you know, traditionally and stereotypically, ADHD tends to lack, you know, you've got this concept that, you know, it's difficult to maintain focus on a single thing. Um, And, you know, you tend to, you know, need need different stimuli in order to, you know, get through the day. But obviously, autism comes with its monotropic fixation, you know, on single sources of of
0: information. Right, absolutely.
2: of stimulus and um and i think that sometimes they can interact in a really positive way because (laughs) the 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 autism and (laughs) i I don't like um representing them as kind of individual beings but it's often the easiest way to talk about them it's like the autism starts to allow the adhd to focus on things a little in a bit more detail you know and and the energy that the adhd might bring if that's how it works for you can then feed the focus and so on and so forth and it can you know it can really spiral in a positive way which you know can lead to um, tremendous creativity and tremendous productivity as well you know i yeah. i find that when i'm in that kind of cycle i mean to be honest my books were written when i was in those cycles I'd go for periods where I wasn't able to do it at all. And then I would enter into this synchronized kind of, you know, positive feedback loop where all of a sudden oh. I would be able to write the whole chapter, you know, just bam, 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 get it all done, you know, and, and, and you know, thus the books were born. Um, so I find that really positive. I think that's a really kind of nice way that the two interact. Um, yeah. It's just a shame that they, that they can't be relied upon <laughs> to, to always do that, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, one characteristic that can be present is that, um, autistics, um, tend to be met with a lot of crises from here to there, like short moments that just seem to hit and we wind up in a state of confusion yeah but one of the intriguing things about ADHD is that ADHD has can have a strength that it works better on adrenaline. Yes, yeah, very much and yes. so and so um, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but that's part of my job. <laughs> 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 uh, but, but the point is is that um is that it's interesting that ADHD, which is about attention deficits, is something that actually kicks in so that one can actually focus on a crisis. Yeah, yeah. Give some thoughts of that, if you will.
2: Yeah, I I think it's actually a very good point. And it's something that I recognize very strongly. And it was one of the things that really highlighted to me that ADHD was on the cards, you know, I got my autism diagnosis, you know, what, five years ago now. Um, I'm actually yet to officially get my ADHD because in this country, things have ground to a halt, you know, when it comes to, um, uh, you know, get, getting people those diagnoses, uh, you know, especially adults. Um, so I am still waiting on that. But, but it was one of the things that really flagged it up for me that, you know, this was a possibility that I had, that ADHD was there as well, because I've always thrived under pressure always which you know strictly speaking and of course we can't generalize too much but strictly speaking that doesn't tend to be an autistic strength (laughs) right (laughs) right right right. yeah yeah
0: i i agree yeah yeah it's
2: it's often seen as, as as like you say you know crisis you know crisis mode and and, you know, you've, you've got the, you know, concepts of, you know, uh, uh, burnout and meltdown and uh, shut down right. or being responses to, you know, that kind of stressful situation. And yet here I was as somebody who, yeah, you know, when under pressure thrives like nobody's, you know, like, like no, I, 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 I love it almost, you know, I, I,
0: yeah.
2: I, yeah. I, I, it's the only way that I can actually do anything, you know, when it comes to doing things like this or even more so, you know, giving a big speech, you know, giving a big talk. Um I purposefully don't overwhelm myself with preparation, you know, like writing a script or anything, because then I wouldn't be able to do it. I need yeah. to have that feeling of you know flying by the seat of my pants in order to be able to get through the situation, you know, and, and it's um yeah. it's yeah, you know, the adrenaline can be quite quite heavy, but but it, right. it works, you know. Right. It, yeah. it, if it if it wasn't for that, I I don't think. I don't think i'd be able to do what i do at all
0: you right, know I, right I, right yeah
2: i don't yeah. think i've would even been able to teach because it, it often worked just in the classroom because right. i hated, you know i, I found mm. teaching very stressful from an autistic perspective you know a kind of i don't want to socialize i don't want to communicate with these people you know these children i don't i don't want to um, deal with the sensory um pummeling you know of all the noise and the difficulties and all this and yet, the excitement and the, and the stress of it kept me going in a weird kind of yeah feedback loop, you know. Which which yeah made it possible for me. So yeah, it's something that I strongly believe is a is quite a certainly for me a very a very um, important um, intersection between the two.
0: Yeah, I I would agree. I mean, oftentimes when I am in a crisis situation, um. And I feel I feel that state of confusion coming in. Um, eventually, I will have to bring myself to a place where I have to think about my steps to how I'm going to bring a result, like what is important, what can be set aside at the moment, and what needs, again, my attention right at this moment. And, yeah. um, you know, I think that this is... An, exa- an example of how ADHD and autism can be both um, in conflict, and yet, oddly enough, in cooperation with each other. I think yeah. it's fair to say that they often cooperate and conflict at the same time. Yes. It, it's, a, it's, it's one of those wonderful pieces about the neurology that goes into these things. After this next commercial break, Pete will talk more about how the social barriers with the intersection of autism and ADHD affect his own life and others. Are you someone who shuts down in the middle of a conversation and get people commenting that you are rude and disrespectful? Pete and I know exactly what you are going through. As part of our conversation about advocacy, we will talk about one of the most complicated differences in that there are medications to help with concentration for ADHD and those who think there should be medications for autism. Please stay tuned.
1: community. My name is Lisa Morgan. I'm an autistic adult too, and I know firsthand what it feels like to be unintentionally harmed by well-meaning professionals when reaching out for help. My passion is to help autistic people find and use their own unique strengths to help themselves. Are you rule-based? A literal thinker? Have a focused interest? Let's figure out together how to use the strengths of autism to find solutions. I offer life coaching for autistic adults and individualized workshops for professionals. To find out more, go to AutismCrisisSupport.com. Does it feel like all your support systems are in separate silos? Does it seem like there are mixed messages and you don't know which way to turn? Being part of a system is hard. It would be helpful to have the tools in your life toolbox to help navigate those silos. Looking Forward Life Coaching can provide support to fill that toolbox to prepare you to bridge those silos. Being person-centered, Looking Forward Life Coaching equips an individual to advocate for their needs. With Coaching One-on-One, bridging the gap between the silos of services, you can feel more confident that your needs and desires are met. If you would like more information or would like to schedule a free meet and greet, please visit our website at www.lookingforwardlc.org or call us at 612-504-7414. Looking Forward Life Coaching helps change stumbling blocks of life into stepping stones towards success.
0: Today's Autistic Moment is a free-to-listen-to podcast. The sponsors have invested in the work of Today's Autistic Moment so that autistic adults and our caregivers can find the supports and information we need. I would love to have you join them by going to todaysautisticmoment.com and click on Support Today's Autistic Moment to be taken to my Patreon page. You can support the podcast for as little as $1 a month or more. Thank you for supporting today's autistic
1: moment. Self-direction has many different names. Self-determination, consumer direction, and even PDO. But they all mean the same thing. You are in control of your long-term care. With self-direction, choose what's best for you. Hire the people that you trust. In some states, they can even be your family. Manage your long-term care expenses. Self-direction offers the same or lower cost than other options. Control your care and choose the support that is most important to you. You deserve to be supported in your home and community, surrounded by friends and activities you love. With self-direction, you can live life on your own terms, regardless of age or ability. Take control of your care. Visit gtindependence.com.
0: Let's switch to barriers, and I remember that as you were talking at the very beginning of my questions, you had mentioned quite a bit, um, and this is my question about what are the barriers for autistic adults and ADHDs as, as they intersect. You spoke of the social impacts of it, of people... Not being patient or understanding, or suggesting that you might be just using your your neurology to be an excuse for creating havoc and for other people, which you know we we get that all the time because people just don't understand how autistics and HDA they intersect and how they they work together. Um, let's talk a little bit more about how those social issues of impatience, and even those impatiences with ourselves, which I think is also part of the barrier to self-acceptance and also uh, working to, um, to, to succeed at the things we, we, we want to or, or need to be able to do. Go ahead.
2: Um, well, yeah, I... I the the very act of socializing, you know, uh, and and by that I don't necessarily mean in the kind of British sense of going out for a beer, you know, with with a, with a mate. I just kind of mean spending time around other people, <laughs> really, in, mm. in any situation. Yeah. Um, but very often for me, that very act of socializing is is um, a result of the conflict of ADHD and, and autism, because I think in my personal case, it's very very true that, m- uh, that my autistic side seek solitude pretty much consistently you know it's it's um that I'm, I'm not one of those autistic people who would say that they are extroverted yet autistic I've got a lot of respect for those people that I think I believe they do exist I, I think that there are plenty of autistic people who who do enjoy social you know as long as they can get a break from it as, as long as they can recharge their batteries you know they, they can really enjoy it i'm I'm not one of those people, you know i I am very solitary. I would be very, very happy being completely alone, apart from when the other side of me kicks in and I want to talk, you know, and I want to chat about things and I want to you know um share information and gossip and all this kind of thing and And I believe that that is that, that again is that intersection. you know I've got the solitariness of autism being met with the with the the, the desire for for, for socializing that ADHD seems to bring for me at least. Um, And that can be very conflicting and it can be very confusing because it means that, you know, for both me and other people, because it means that no one else can ever predict how sociable I'm likely to be. You know, so if I go and see my family, there is no telling, even I don't know whether I'm going to be in a sociable frame of mind, you know, want to chat and talk about things, you know, the past and memories and, you know, stuff like that, or whether I'm just going to want to go upstairs and hide in, you know, hide, hide in a room and, 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 you know, be alone. Um, and that there's, there's no consistency to it and there's no real way to plan as to, you know, what kind of phase I'm going to be in. Um, but, but the worst thing is how rapidly that can switch. And how very quickly I can go from being in the sociable mode with the ADHD kind of you know humming away and you know quite quite um, you know bubbly and lively to all of a sudden just shutting down, you know just just nothing just just a complete loss of all energy and and you know desire to be around other people and it can be it can, it can be mid sentence you know I can feel it happen mm. mid sentence um, and of course that isn't something that many people um can tolerate you mm-hmm. know it, it, it's not socially acceptable to say to somebody you know mid conversation oh sorry i'm afraid i've lost interest in you now and i, <laughs> I need to go yeah
0: <laughs> yeah but but you know that whole thing about shutdown is one of those things that also is is often labeled by the psycho uh, psychotherapy people as being an inappropriate behavior mm-hmm. and i mean i i have I have had my moments when I just shut down in the middle of our conversation and someone will assume that I just become extremely rude with them and just yes. whatever. But, but, but that shutdown, and, and Task Crombie and I were just talking about, sometimes that's also your ADHD just saying, it just can't focus anymore. It needs a rest. Yeah. And so it's just yeah. going to stop. And your autism, which is looking for a retreat from the socialization to breathe some of its own fresh air, I mean yeah. like I say like I say the the, uh, the criticisms I've gotten and I suspect you have too mm-hmm. that when that shutdown happens people just make the most you know atrocious assumptions about yeah. you yeah that that shutdown moment moment is is not so much about a rudeness as much as it is it needs time to breathe and rest but yeah. because of the action that happens and often the reaction that occurs You just can't explain that to somebody who thinks you ought to not shut down in front of me.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, for for me, it's no different to, you know, let's imagine that you're going for a really long run or something. I mean, I wouldn't do that because if I run, then I just, I've got no stamina for that kind of thing. But, you know, imagine when for a long run, there comes a point where you can't run anymore. And most people, you know, when, when met with that would say, oh, wow, you must be exhausted. Yeah. You sit down, you sit down. That's fine. You know, relax. You've, You've run a long way, you know, well done it's 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 the social equivalent of that <laughs> you know and yet unlike that which is socially completely acceptable because people recognize it and understand it we're seen as being weird for having precisely the same response just for a different reason you know and, and, and because oh, yeah. it's not understood and because it's not widely known or accepted then we're seen as being socially awkward or difficult or nasty or rude or any of these number of negative um, adjectives that we Mm -hmm. get thrown at us every day, you know, um, when, yeah, actually somebody who's tired stopping doing something is actually perfectly reasonable.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And especially in times of conflict when that, that has, that can happen, it's just the brain just, just can't really, um, really engage in the discussion anymore and that yeah. shutdown is really a point of protection of saying you know and another point where that that actually comes in is when we're facing somebody who is um you know you're trying to ask a question and they have to insult their intelligence to answer it and you yeah. just shut yeah. down and you just go into that mode of you know you're you're just you're protecting yourself from this person just just totally um totally trying totally destroying you because because quite frankly they can because they can't understand how this autism and this adhd are intersecting and we have experienced so much social rejections so many um you know moments when people assume what we don't know how to do things and so we do that shutdown just to say we're not we're not tolerating it anymore it's a, it's mm. actually a nonverbal i'm done yes
2: yeah it, it is yeah very much so it's it's a it's a, a noble retreat you know that, that everyone's allowed to do you know and yet we 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 try to do it and um and and yeah it gets it gets frowned upon for
0: mm. for some yeah. reason yeah, well, I can assure you it happens as much in the US as it does in Britain. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I know I, I exactly
2: think we're quite, I think we're, we're possibly a little lucky here. I mean, I'm, I'm verging on national stereotypes here, but at least in Britain, we've got that kind of general kind of negativity towards social interaction anyway. You know, it's ah. uh, you know that we can hide behind a little bit. I've I've often wondered whether it's easier to be an autistic British person than it is to be an autistic American. But as I say, it veers alarmingly towards stereotype, <laughs> so I've got to be careful. But it's an interesting question, yeah. I think.
0: Yeah, it is, and and, and um, you know, there are certain cultural um, things. For example, I know that. Um, I know that in Britain, there are certain words that have very different meanings than here. For example, um, and I once had somebody explain this to me, um, someone who grew up in liverpool actually oh, yeah. that that you know the english do not use the word friend as loosely as we do in the united states in, indeed yes
2: it's, it's got quite a heavy weighting here you know it, it really yeah. is very um, it's it's not quite as high as you know i love you but it's not far off <laughs> no, <laughs>
0: yeah, no but 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 you know and, yeah I kind of incorporate that sort of into my own life to help me uh, distinguish some boundaries actually but you know um, for those who may be listening to this conversation and thinking what do we mean what we mean is is that as far as England is concerned um, you know is that someone you might go out and have a cup of coffee with or someone you might have a lunch with or have a, have a, um, a, a conversation even similar to what Pete and I are having this is an acquaintance this this yeah. this is this is something that it just happens to be, hey, it's kind of nice, you know, just to have this conversation. But when they say over there that someone is a friend, that has quite the implication that is very different for us here in the U.S. In the U.S. here, we tend to meet people and immediately we call them friends. In the yes. U.S., that just, and I'm sorry, in sorry—in—in—in in Great Britain and all that, that just does not occur uh, because because, it's understood that a friend is somebody who will do who will do what they can for you and if they say no basically they're going to understand that here in the US we don't we we automatically jump to that person's a friend of mine um and so you know uh, and just to again to say sometimes i have used that kind of thing uh because i will sometimes have somebody who is Giving me a really, really difficult time trying to give me information that they think I have no idea what they're saying, and they will try to say to me, "I'm giving you this information as a friend and I'll look at them as I say, "I don't think so." <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and, so and so I will think, I will think that through. but um, yeah, yeah. again, just just to explain to my audience, this is why we're, we're saying what we're saying um, and, and it's one of those interesting things about languages and cultures that that I just want to explain to my audience for those who have no idea what I'm talking about, what we're talking (laughs) about. Yeah. Um, So um, let's turn our attention to um, what I consider one of my greatest parts of of today's autistic moment. What are the steps that autistic adults and our supporters, those who are ADHD to, how do we advocate for what our needs are when we speak of this intersection between these two neurological social differences um go ahead
2: it's it is a difficult one because very often i th- I, I think it's probably fair to say although uh, again it might be a little generalized that that it's uh, people who have people who are both you know ADHD and autistic i think it can be very difficult to um explain exactly how that intersection works you know because because as i've, as I've made clear you know throughout the whole thing it, it can be very confusing and conflicted and you know inconsistent and just a bit all over the place so it can be very difficult i think for um individuals to to communicate their particular intersection, especially because, we, you know, it affects us all very differently. You know, some people, um, you know, the intersections will will vary from person to person. So, I think the best chance we've got and the biggest strength that we have is is in community, um, and is in kind of numbers, and it's uh, and kind of almost <laughs> building a kind of de facto um, database of all of the ways that autism and ADHD interact. And I don't mean like, you know, officially with some central person, you know, logging everything very carefully and you know, onto a system, but just a, a body of literature that exists, whether it's on social media or whether it's in articles, books, whatever it might be, where we have communicated our truth about our the, this intersection um, so that other people can dip into it and so that we can direct them to these things, you know, and say, oh, you know, have a look at this, have a look at this. Um, because I think otherwise, the onus is on us all on as individuals to explain our own personal situation whenever we have to, and right. that's, that's impossible, you know. Because we're, you know, in in the moment, I haven't got a clue. You know, I, I I couldn't tell you, you know, what what's going on there between my ADHD and autism. Um, you know, what I would rather be able to do is say, well, you know, right now I can't explain it, but here are some things that, you know, have been written or that, even that I have written in the past that might, you know, shed some light on that. And I think, I, I think, you know, making it a collective endeavor, you know, um, advocacy as a, as a collective rather than individuals is probably one way to go because otherwise it's just too difficult. You know, it's just too tricky to yeah. explain these nuances because it is very nuanced. It is very, yeah, very, um,
0: yeah, complicated. yeah. Yeah, boy, that's uh, that's a mouthful, uh, <laughs> but that's good. Um, no, I I agree with you. Um, you know, um, you know, we know that just being autistic, how difficult it is to advocate for things that people already have their preconceived notions of or think they do, um, and ADHD is another one of those. There's one matter that that I think that is both a barrier, but it's also one of those things that needs its advocacy. Um, I've been thinking a little bit about this as we've been talking. Um, One difference that autism has from ADHD is that um, ADHD is often a matter of the brain being stimulated to focus. And there have been prescription medications that have been developed to help stimulate the brain. Whereas autism, there isn't, even though we you know there are groups out there trying to push meds to treat autism, which we do not advocate for here. Uh, you know, we, we just don't. So one of those challenging parts about advocating is, is we say that, there are prescription medications that can help with stimulation for ADHD. That, And I know those medicines don't work for everybody, but, there's, but there isn't for autism. So advocating for those two is really going to be one of our challenges with that in mind. Uh, feel free to yes. comment on that. You know? No, I, th- I
2: think that's very true. You know, there, there's this enormous imbalance between the two. Uh, for, for that very reason because all someone needs to say is well you know do you take anything do you do, do you take anything for your adhd and we're, with the assumption being that 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 side of things can somehow be wiped out yep. and removed yep, yep. Equation, you know leaving you leaving you alone with your autism you know um,
0: yeah and, and,
2: and i i think that though you know i wouldn't want to speak for anyone else you know there are going to be people out there who you know who want that medication who need it for whatever reason but but you know as somebody who's very strongly in the camp of you know these are identities you know these are a large part of what makes me me and as i've probably already explained you know adhd has actually helped me an awful lot in my life you know it's a huge part of enabled me to do what i do so um so yeah Trying to advocate for ADHD and autism against a world which can just say to you, well, just get rid of the ADHD, you know, just wipe that out, just take meds, is difficult, because, you know, you want to say, well, no, I don't want to, I don't want to do that, you know, if I do that, then I change fundamentally as a person, and I won't be able to, you know, function in the normal way that I do I mean it may be better I don't know but there's there's a good chance it may be an awful lot worse that that can make the advocacy tremendously difficult because you're already met with hostility you know Mm. that that, that sense of well why aren't you taking the easiest route out of this you know why aren't you taking the medical medicine why aren't you doing that you know because that would help you know that would help you and it would help me as the person who's having to work with you because I don't want to have to amend my behavior you know mm. I want you to do that you know I want you to remove it so that I don't have to worry you know which which I think is often the the subliminal well not, not even subliminal; it's pretty obvious and that's what they want you know yeah um, just don't want the hassle of having to you know make adjustments or deal with it or, or whatever it might be
0: yeah absolutely you know I, I interacted with with someone a couple of years back, who um, you know, he he has ADHD, and he's got somebody he's worked with who's convinced him that he's just gotten a lot better <laughs> from that sort of thing. And and let's let let's put some of the blame where it belongs. Some of this belongs to the medical folks because um, because many of them have. Ha, I mean, here in the United States, for example, it wasn't until 2013 that the American Psychiatric Association made the move from moving uh, ADHD from a mental disorder to a neurological developmental disorder. nine Nine years ago, exactly. So we've just started to recognize that ADHD is also part of the family of neurodivergence. That responsibility, I think, goes to the medical community that has wanted to just place us on, on the medical model and say, it's just a problem. We just need to, yes. quote, fix it, like autism for some. We just need to fix it. And I think one of the things we need to, we need to uh, you know, advocate for here is that, no, um, there is no fix for mm-hmm. autism or ADHD. I like to say, and this is me playing on words a little bit, that the issues is not fixing it's learning how to manage your day yes yeah. and that's the medication is not to fix or correct it is for the benefit of helping us to manage our life yeah with yeah, these two fair. so let, let's let you know uh, feel free to uh Add to that, if you wish. Yeah, so. I,
2: I think that's a, that's a good way of looking at it. I mean, I'm in an interesting situation because obviously I haven't got my diagnosis yet, so therefore I don't have access to any of these drugs. You know, there, there's there's no way I can't afford to go private, so I'm just going to have to wait and sit it out. And um, and and a friend of mine, a fairly new friend of mine, who again is over in uh, over over the Atlantic from me, um, is is a strong believer in in in, in not going down the medication route for ADHD, which has been an interesting topic of conversation, I must admit, you know, I've been, I've been quite intrigued by that, um, because I have to say that, you know, one of, one of the reasons I wanted the diagnosis was because I wanted to, I wanted to try <laughs> to see, you know, if there was some way that it could help, because, I mean, I haven't really touched on the negative aspects of ADHD so much um, in this session, but, you know, I do struggle to focus, and I do struggle to get things done because of executive dysfunction you know I can be very very um I can really find it very difficult to you know get up and go and to plan my time and to make the most of what I've got and you know so on and so forth so there is part of me that you know is very um intrigued by what it would be like if I didn't have to deal with that you know if I if I could suddenly somehow tap into some amazing way to just you know Oh, I want to. I want to do the laundry. Oh, I'm doing it. <laughs> you know, rather right, than yeah.
1: think about it
2: for half a day, you know, before I can finally get up and, and do the thing. Um, but, but I'm I'm increasingly interested by this idea that um, that you know. It, <laughs> medication might not be the route to take and maybe there are other ways to manage it and um, but it, it's something that's in its infancy for me so I can't really comment on it much more than that other than I've had my eyes open to it as a possibility yeah. um, so so yeah you know, that is interesting but I like the idea of medication if you were to take it as, as not being a fix but as just being a, a, a means to an end you know to enable you to you know I suppose to thrive you know to, to be your best self. Um, right. So, so yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting one that's a bit in flux for me at the moment. Made, made even mm. worse by, of course, the fact that I'm not even able to get hold of this medication anyway. You know, because right. it's gate kept by the uh, by the diagnosis.
0: Yeah, and uh, I will just share that I have been on the we call it methylphenidate, which is uh, the generic for Concerta. That is okay. um, a time release. Uh, medication that actually has Ritalin in it and um, I am on 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 a version of that and it has made a big difference in my life which mm. what the interesting part of that is that they started putting me on that sort of thing and the next time I saw my own psychiatrist they said um, well has your has your attention been getting been getting better or has it been improving and I had to stop and think for a moment. Now that I think about it, yeah, I said, but I have to say, when it started, I just didn't even notice. I just went on and did more things, and I didn't even think, well, gee, maybe that's because of, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> and I'd say, well, okay, there's the autism again, you know, that sort of thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's important to say that, you know, the medication matter may not be, may not work for others and yes. um you know the thing is is that um you know it, it's 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 very much like autism in the sense that there will be things that will work and there will be things that do not work yes. and you know um you know like like a lot of us neurodivergents um we're all unique all all different and what works for what works for one will not work for another After this final commercial break, Pete will tell us about his books, followed by today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. Please stay tuned. The most important work that people do is take care of each other and the people who provide your care should have the best support. Life Superior is here to help you and your caretakers. This family-owned business is one of Minnesota's fastest-growing personal care providers because of the support they provide for their clients and co-workers. If you need a PCA agency that combines compassion and professionalism, Or if you care for someone today and would like to learn how to get paid for this work, please call us at 612-824-4348 or visit us at lifesuperior.com forward slash autism. Are you autistic and the owner and our host for a podcast that is by and for autistics? If so, I have a very exciting networking opportunity for you. I am cordially inviting you to attend a live virtual initial meeting to talk about the creation of the International Autistic Podcasters Association on Thursday, March 16th, 2023, at 11am to 12:30pm central standard time. During this meeting, we can talk about what we might like an international autistic podcasters association to look like and what we could do. The association members can share with each other what our podcasts are about, what is working well, what might need improvements and promote ourselves and each other to attract more listeners. The meeting will be recorded with a transcript and made available on Today's Autistic Moment's YouTube channel. To read more about the meeting, go to todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash APA forward slash. Please share the news and link with any autistic person you know who owns and or hosts a podcast for other autistic people. If you have any questions or concerns, send an email to todaysautisticmoment at gmail.com. On November 6th, Nikki Collins will join me to talk about a topic that is long overdue. Autistic parents raising autistic children. There are many who believe that autistic parents do not exist because of the false notion that there are no autistic adults. Many of the wonderful aspects about being autistic can be helpful to autistic parents, but they can also add to their challenges. Most educational systems and community assistant opportunities are not prepared to help autistic parents get the supports they need. Nikki Collins and her wife are the parents of an autistic child. Don't miss this important episode. On November 21st, Robert Allen Klaus III will be my guest for Autistic Adults Are Not Children. Autistic adults are often stereotyped as children that never matured properly. Autistic adults are infantilized by neurotypicals who feel that they know better as to who we should be and how we should behave, and therefore should teach us to be more like neurotypicals. Robert Allen Klaus III is an autistic adult who is going to talk about how being infantilized has affected him and why he feels it is important that autistic adults be respected as autistic adults. On December 5th, Becca Laurie Hector returns to today's autistic moment to talk about managing holiday stress. For many autistic adults, the holidays are a time of sensory distress, seasonal depression, with social demands and all the music and holiday advertising that can stress us out. Becca Laurie Hector was my guest for the Summer of Self-Care series, will give us some of her ideas about managing holiday stress to help us all enjoy them as much as we can. Thank you for listening to today's Autistic Moment. Um, as we prepare to close this um tell us about your two books and uh the book that you've just released and then tell us about uh the new one that you're preparing for march so um because i have told my my audience about that so let's talk about that as we close
2: okay um yeah so the 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 first book they were both written, you know, one after the other. It was a very rapid process of uh, of getting them both in, uh, getting them both produced. Um, but yeah, the first book's just come out. It came out on the twenty first of September, and it's called um, What I Want to Talk About, um, and it is an account of my life to date, with a particular focus on the special interests, you know, the hyperfixations that I've had throughout my life um so each chapter outlines a different special interest so for example chapter one is all about lego uh, chapter three is about video games you know kind of ni- 1990s video you know the classic sonic the hedgehog donkey kong you know those kind of games on the mega drive right. uh, well i swear you, you would have called it the genesis of course but we called it the mega yeah. driver <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, I'm, to, so I'm, up, I'm, I'm from the 80s where we called it the ColecoVision, so go ahead. The ColecoVision, <laughs> yes. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, my
2: memories of um, those very early consoles are a, a bit hazier, unfortunately. But I, I remember the um, the Commodore and the Atari quite, quite, quite well. Uh, Commodore hmm. 64, I had one of those when I was very young um anyway anyway so i I focus on these things and um and i use them as a way to talk about various aspects of autism so with the lego chapter for example i talk a lot about identity um and masking you know with this kind of running metaphor of building you know building a mask you know creating a mask as you get older um which yeah i'm quite proud of it's quite a nice idea i think um so so yeah that's 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 out now and that's um it's, that, that is actually available everywhere. You know, you can get that in America, you can get it in Canada, it's, it's, it's global. Um, so, so yeah, if you want to grab a copy, then please do, you know, by all means. Um, the second book is coming out at the very end of March next year. Um, and that's, that's with um, a, a, a slightly bigger publisher. So it's probably going to be a bit more of a push with that, you know, a bit more marketing and things like that will be involved, which I'm interested how that will go. Um, and that's called Untypical. Um, And that is a more kind of general resource about what I've learned personally about autism since my diagnosis, Um, Mm -hmm. trying to put it into an easily digestible form so that non-autistic people neurotypical people can pick it up and can hopefully learn a little bit you know inform fairly informally you know it's, it's not one of these books that's going to be filled with references and um uh, and and you know links to research papers it's very much a you know here's what i understand about autism you know hopefully it will help you kind of book um you know in, in with anecdotes and um excerpts from other people's experience and just just trying to get it all in one place so that maybe you know we can we can hope that some non-autistic people will, will pick it up and will read it and we'll um understand a little more about what it is like to be autistic in this very hostile world that we live yeah in. Um, yeah so yeah i'm hoping that that might I mean, I can't expect it to change the world, but I'm hoping it might make things a little bit better for some people.
0: You know, I think that's yeah. about all you can hope for, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. And my thought is that, you know, making progress is better than not than not making any, making some. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. 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 It, it's a slow process.
2: You know, that, that's one thing mm-hmm. I've learned over the last few years um you know two steps forward one step back you know you you, you, you you some people start to understand more and then you know then all of a sudden they're trying to cure autism again it's like, oh here we go you know <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: i agree well pete this has been a, a really great conversation i think I, I think my audience is really going to appreciate the information the in the depth of this 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 conversation um and so um Thank you so much for this. And I look forward to your books. And uh, just to tell my audience that uh, next April for Autism Acceptance Month, uh, Pete is going to join me for a show about the special interests and how they've helped him uh, based off that the, the book that he's published just this past month. So my audience, you can look forward to that and look forward to another, another um Another conversation with Pete and myself. So um, in the meantime, um, I've listed him on my guest bios where you can read more about his books and also uh, follow him on Twitter if you like. And uh, he's another contact that I have been privileged to find on LinkedIn. So there's that information. Okay. So Pete, thank you for being here. And um, this conversation has been great. Thanks again.
2: Yeah, th- th- thank you again for for having me. And yeah, it's, it's been really uh, it's been a really good opportunity to chat about you know the, the, this this intersection between the two neurologies, which I think is so important, but we rarely find time to talk about. I find you know it's it's, it's nice to have have a good chat about that. I've, I've enjoyed it very much. So thank you very much. Yeah, you're
0: more than welcome. Today's autistic community bulletin board. All of these events, with their links, can be found on todaysautisticmoment.com forward slash bulletin board. Understanding Autism Virtual Classes will be offered by the Autism Society of Minnesota. These classes are perfect for autistic individuals, caregivers, those who want to understand the basics of autism and support autistic people. Classes will be held on November 21st from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., December 19th from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Classes are free of charge, but you must register to attend. On Tuesday, October 25th, beginning at 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., Kathy Woods will present a virtual skill shop at the Autism Society of Minnesota entitled, learning to drive while autistic. This skill shop will share information and invite discussion on the critical skills needed for driving and how being autistic can impact learning how to drive. Kathy Woods is the supervisor of the Courage Kenny Rehabilitation Institute's Driver Assessment and Training. Kathy is an occupational therapist Certified Driver Rehabilitation Specialist, and Minnesota State Licensed Driver Instructor. On Tuesday, November 15th, beginning at 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., Jason Schillack, an attorney and the Executive Director of the Autism Advocacy and Law Center, will present a virtual skill shop at the Autism Society of Minnesota entitled Guardianship, Do We Need It?, Learn about how legal guardianship works for many autistics over the age of 18 who might need additional supports in Minnesota. The Winter 2023 Virtual Sessions for the Autism Direct Support Certification classes will be held on Saturdays beginning on January 14th, 21st, and 28th. These classes are perfect for job coaches, support staff, personal care assistants, EIDBI tier 3 providers, educational aids, direct support staff, day training and habilitation professionals, anyone who wants to work directly with autistic individuals and autistic people. These classes fill up quickly, so register as soon as possible. Go to AUSM.org for more information about these and other events at the Autism Society of Minnesota. If you have events for autistic adults and are supporters and would like them announced in today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board on the next episode on November sixth, please send them to todaysautisticmoment at gmail.com by 4.30 p.m. On Wednesday, November 2nd. Today's Autistic Moment is sponsored in part by Looking Forward Life Coaching. Looking Forward turns stumbling blocks into stepping stones towards success. Go to LookingForwardLC.org for more information. If you have a topic that you think will be a great contribution to talk about the strengths and achievements of autistic adults, and or want to be a guest in Season 3 in 2023, want your business or organization mentioned, or have questions about Today's Autistic Moment, please send an email to todaysautisticmoment at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. May you have an autistically amazing day.